0: It's the next level.
1: Hmm? Ah! Huh. My
0: husband is many things, but he's not a liar. You're going to lecture us about lying, Betty? And look on his face, even your old man here didn't know you speak English. How do we know she's not covering for it? Because she isn't!
1: Why would he burn the raft?
0: He's been after me since day one. Everybody knows it's... Okay, it's personal. But why take it out on our best chance at getting off the island? Why would any one of us block an attempt to get home? We're so intent on pointing the finger at one another that we're ignoring the simple, undeniable truth that the problem isn't here, it's there. They've attacked us, sabotaged us, abducted us, murdered us. Maybe it's time we stopped blaming us and started worrying about them. We're not the only people on this island, and we all know it. Welcome, Survivors. I like the name Survivors, by the way. You came up Oh,
1: thanks. I did.
0: We didn't get into the intro. I
1: know. But
0: (laughs) welcome, Survivors, into another episode of We Have to Go Back, the Lost Revisited Podcast. uh, A newly formatted Lost Revisited Podcast, which we'll get...
1: You can thank me for that one as well. Yes, I can.
0: (laughs) You know, you just take credit for the entire podcast. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Okay, deal.
0: It was all your idea. Um, I'm just one of the voices.
1: Well, I also also wrote, directed, produced, and starred in Lost.
0: Okay, Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) If you get that reference, congratulations. Um, (laughs) But uh, from the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck.
1: And from uh, Podcastica, (laughs) I am Kristen Howe. I'm in a mood today, guys.
0: Uh, But as we had mentioned, newly formatted in that there are two things changing to this podcast. The first... Uh, not as big, but just as important. We're going to have a new segment added to the podcast, uh, which we're going to get to after we discuss the episode of Lost that we're going to talk about, but we're going to be adding in what we're calling the manifest minutes. Uh, since manifest is, you know, the new NBC show manifest is pretty similar to lost.
1: And in, we're both very much digging it.
0: Yeah, and we know a couple. We got a couple notes after the last time we talked about it that people were interested in hearing more about it. So we're going to keep doing it, and that's all we have to say about that.
1: <laughs> so we'd I kept... really like it if you guys could watch Manifest as well with us. If you haven't watched it yet, there's only three episodes that has played. Uh, most recently, you know, the third episode was actually a couple days ago. So yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I mean, we're not going to spend too much time on it like we do the episodes of Lost, maybe five to ten minutes. So if you're not watching or you're not caught up, you'll be able to skip forward a little bit and jump to when we're done talking about it. And we'll let you know uh, when we're going to be talking about it, obviously. But the nah. uh, no, all right, we'll just leave it a mystery. It's fine. Yeah,
1: it'll be fine. Let's talk
0: about it right now.
1: Uh, no, the other,
0: the, the other big change coming to the podcast is we're no longer going to be on the first and 15th of the, of every month. Uh, as you're already hearing, this is before the 15th. Uh, and that's because we're going weekly.
1: Yay.
0: We're, um, Kristen brought up a very good point in that we're now getting to some episodes that there's so much going on that it's going to be almost impossible to cover two episodes. Uh, because there's going to be so much to talk about about just one that we're, we're really not doing the episodes justice. If we do two episodes of podcast and kind of leave some stuff out from some of them.
1: Well, especially this, the next episode, which is numbers, which is Hurley's first episode. And it's, um, I I remember I was just, I I was about five, 10 minutes into the episode and I, and I texted you immediately. (laughs) I was like, uh, we need to go weekly. We need to do this one (laughs) at a time now because numbers is shaping up to be one of those episodes. Well, not only Um, that,
0: but it's even the episode we're going to talk about this week, which, uh, is in translation episode 17 for season one. Mm-hmm. there's a lot that happens in this episode, too.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: a more, And I found that it's weird because even making this shift from, you know, twice a month to weekly one episode or two episodes of podcast to one episode of podcast, I found myself making more detailed notes because I've kind of almost felt like I was skimping on my notes to make sure I got to the main things I wanted to talk about. Because we were talking about two episodes, and now that we're talking about one, I feel like my notes can be in more detail, mm-hmm. uh, because now we're going to be focusing on just that episode. So, Right. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot that we're going to talk about in this episode.
1: I hope, uh, well, it covers one of my favorite characters, so we're good.
0: Yeah, and I have some notes about that, too, in that um he shouldn't be your favorite character. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you I, don't get uh, to.
1: You don't get to choose my favorite characters. <laughs> I don't
0: get to choose anything on this podcast. So haven't we established that already?
1: Yeah, it's all me. It's uh, yeah. You're in total control. I'm glad that we've gotten this part out of the way.
0: Hashtag Me Too movement. Anyway. um, What? (laughs) I'm kidding.
1: You're going to pay for that one.
0: I know. I'm going to pay for a lot of things. Listeners aren't going to like that one either.
1: (laughs) No, you should edit it out.
0: (laughs) No, I don't edit anything out of this podcast. All right. It's a joke. Okay. It should be hashtag women's empowerment. No, not even that either. I'll stop now. Just stop. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. but as we have mentioned before this podcast is going to be spoiler full. We are going to be talking about things that happen uh not just on the episode but of course the future of the series because uh we can. And that's that's a good <laughs> that's a good enough reason. So we apologize for anybody who's watching this uh watching the series for the first time with us, but we're excited that you're doing so cuz we're jealous of you.
1: Yes, always jealous.
0: uh I tr- we've said a number of times, we wish we could scrub our brains and uh watch this series for the first time every time yes
1: this and game of thrones i wish i could do it
0: i still watch it for the first time every time i watch game of thrones i mentioned that before i still watch episodes now into whatever season we're in i still don't know character names i still don't remember
1: well i'm sorry to hear that i
0: know (laughs) <laughs> uh but we're gonna do we're gonna stick to top three for right now we might change that when we jump into like later episodes and into season two for uh for top five we might change that to top five but we'll stick it to top three for right now and then of course yeah, we'll t- just we'll cover some uh some other last minute notes we want to make sure we mention when we're done with that but let's jump into the episode season one episode 17 in translation a uh a Jin backstory Yay. Uh, and I've I've started to realize too, watching this episode that it, something you said in an earlier episode, whereas I would watch these episodes and I would call them a jinn and son backstory. But you you were the one that even clarified that and like, no, no, each of these characters has their own backstory. They're just intertwined with each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're absolutely right. This is easily a jinn backstory, not a jinn and son. No, son
1: is very she's a compliment to the story but it's a this is all gin and i read uh somewhere uh earlier today this is the one and only gin centric episode of the entire series really yeah which is interesting
0: yeah 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 for sure uh before we get into i'm gonna let you go into your top three and and start with number three but i just want to say once again if anybody who's keeping count on the uh we start another episode with a close-up of the
1: eye. Yes, we did. And that
0: was with Jin's eye beginning off this episode. Uh, but let's jump into the top three, and we'll kick it over to you. What's your number three?
1: Well, hang on. I just I, I just want to talk about that eye okay. for a sec. Um, that seemed really forced. Was it me? Like, no, it, you're right. It, it was like his eye, and then it just like cut to a beat shot. It, it just, none of that made, that didn't, seem to flow it was like they just did it because it's their gimmick yeah um but yeah i was just like oh that was bad but no i I i'll forgive
0: it i agree with that and it's also the the difference between this eye shot as compared to the other ones is that i think every other eye shot that we've gotten is an eye opening it's it starts with the close-up of the eye closed and then it opens and then it reveals who, who the eye was to this one the eye was open the whole time there was no mm-hmm. open to there was no close to open the eye was open and then you're right it just cuts to like a beat shot of gin.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. It was weird. Yeah, but um, so what I want, I, I actually want to talk about um for my number three. It's actually my number one. But I wanted to talk about it um off the top, which was the actual title, uh, in translation. So you know that's a that's a play on Lost in Translation, and there's a movie about there. There's a movie called Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. But what what I also found is that there is a poem called Lost in Translation. Um, It's by James Merrill, and he wrote it... um, He wrote it April 8th, 1974. It was published, which is interesting because it was published on 4-8, if we want to get into the numbers. But... um, The poem is about a child. It's a narrative poem, right? So it's a poem about a child putting together a jigsaw puzzle. It is an interpretive puzzle designed to engage a reader's interest in solving mysteries at various narrative levels. Which, to me, sounds exactly like the entire point of Lost. (laughs) Um, And when I read that, I just thought it was so interesting that this poem just kind of like appeared out of nowhere. Um, so I kind of downloaded some stuff. And, uh, one of the things is that, uh, the poem has an epigraph at the very end and it's four lines and it was in, it was, uh, in German and it was printed, uh, without translation. And it was totally separate from the rest of the poem in in German. So there was no translation at the end, until um, so the, the the English version of the epigraph. Um, translates into these days which like yourself seem empty and effaced have avid roots that delve to work deep in the waste and I thought that that was a lot like the island itself and um you know long days and you're just trying to kind of like get through it all anyways between that and the synopsis of this narrative poem and the fact that it was you know, published on 4-8, which we learn in the next episode that the numbers are very uh, important to the whole thing. This can't be an accident that this poem has just like appeared. And it's the title of this episode. And I realize that the translation is Jin trying to understand his place on the island and how he's going to work out, work it all out. Um and the fact that he learns that son can actually speak English. And, uh, you know, what I loved was the scene where, um, everybody's yelling around him and we see it from his point of view and, you know, everything seems so garbled and confusing. And you really get a sense of kind of like what Jin has been going through for the past month on this Island and how isolating and alone he must feel. And then you look at his past, uh, his flashbacks, and you see that he's got this isolating and lonely job where he probably doesn't understand why he's doing what he's doing, but he has to do it in order to protect his wife and to protect himself. And then he gets on this island, and he's free of all that. But at the same time, he's stuck in this isolating environment all the same because of the language barrier. And he's just been completely lost on this island for the whole time. And it's not until... Jin and son are actually able to break free of each other and like let go of that toxicity that's existed between the two of them um, that we finally get Jin finally like injects himself into something that is not being this overbearing, uh, borderline abusive husband. And um, I I think this is kind of the launch pad of Jin becoming his old self again, kind of like at the end of the flashbacks with his father. He we, we get to that point where he has he's realized how far he's gone and how he's taken it too far. Um, anyways, it, it's just I love the title of the episode because I found this little poem and this poem really attributed to the whole the series as a whole. And it just totally blew my mind this morning. So, okay. Well, yeah, I mean
0: and, and and just that one point too, talking about the the title uh, you know, and the poem Lost in Translation and such. You actually in that whole that whole discussion that you just had, you actually touched on a number of different notes that I had, which is not bad. It's none of them are actually any of my top 3. Um, but you know, you mentioned the whole isolation of being on the island and and kind of feeling alone and you almost feel You don't almost feel, you actually definitely do feel for Jin in this episode, because you're right, he did have that isolation, but at the same time, Sun was, he was under the belief that Sun also was the same, was in the same situation. Sun was also isolated. That was the one connection that, while it was, you know, toxic, was the one connection that the two of them still had on this island, and in revealing to everyone that she speaks English, including the Jin, it's gone. It's gone in a matter of a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole connection that he, that he had in the isolation that they were feeling together, she didn't have that. She was not feeling that isolation because she could speak English. She had already connected with Michael. She had already connected with Kate. So in a matter of like in a second and just her saying two words, one word actually, um, that connection is gone. And he's even more isolated than he's ever been. And you can see – that pain in his face in a a look of confusion. We had mentioned in, uh, I think in last week's episode, we were wondering whether or not Jin knew at this point whether or not she spoke English already. And I was under the impression, I had made the defense that I don't think he did because when she does speak English, it's the look on his face is is pure confusion and betrayal. And we finally saw that in this episode. And I stand by that, that I don't think he knew. I don't think he ever knew. That she that she spoke English until that moment.
1: Yeah, I think that you're right. I I do think that you're right. we probably I was probably reading too much into it um, in previous weeks because you know it just looked like maybe he just does that. It just their relationship, their marriage is just so um, dissolved that everything that each each of them does is you know the other one looks at uh, with a distrusting eye. Yeah. Um, so, but the solution to the puzzle of the poem of in tra- Lost in Translation by uh, Merrill is that nothing is lost. And I think that that's really nice. I think that that's nice because at the end of this, even though Jin and Son have gone their separate ways, we understand that their marriage is not lost and their marriage is not gone. In fact, it's going to go on to get um, stronger.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, We're going to see probably one of the strongest connections between two people uh, on the course of this show by the end of it
1: yes absolutely Uh, and
0: it's 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 a very interesting journey to watch along the way you you mentioned the whole beach scene and the garbled language and you know kind of hearing things from jin's perspective the way everything the way everyone was talking and what he must what it Experiencing what it was like for him to be on the island the whole time. There's something else that happens in this episode that I don't know if you noticed, and it was something maybe it's just me reading into things too much, which I tend to do now when it comes to this show. <laughs> There's a particular scene where Sawyer and Jin are uh, you know, together on the island and, and Sawyer is talking to Jin. The camera shots of this, I don't know if you noticed this kind of cut the top of Sawyer's head off and focus more on Sawyer's mouth. And then by oh. the, by the end of this episode, we also get the first words of English that Jin has ever spoken and it's one word, it's boat and it's you know boat. dealing with Michael and wanting to offer his help to Michael to rebuild the boat. I honestly think that that was done on purpose. I think that was one of the first moments that This because we do know that Jin does eventually learn English and he learns it from listening to everybody else and just, you know, being around everybody on the island. And I I think that was a a glimpse into Jin as well, where, you know, on the beach, we get a glimpse into what he hears. I think this is a glimpse into what he sees. This is him watching people's mouths, hearing what's coming out. This is a glimpse of him learning English. Mm -hmm. And I I think that was done purposely. And it was something I never noticed until watching it this time around.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, I didn't notice that. But that's very cool. I like that.
0: Because it's either that or the cameraman on that shot was horrible. (laughs) I'm sure not. No, I think it was done on purpose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. I will agree with you. Um,
0: what was
1: your number three?
0: My number three was is higher up on the list, but I'm going to go to it now anyway um, and, and kind of bump it up a little bit. Uh, and you know me. I like to put little titles on mine, and mm-hmm. mine is simply titled The Message. And this goes back to Jin's backstory and the message that he has to deliver for son's father.
1: Poor and, guy. I know.
0: and. He doesn't understand the first time what delivering a message is to me. And it's a lesson that's taught to him later. And I'm curious how you looked at this situation. We see it. He goes to this secretary the first time, tells him, you know, that his, the, the man is disappointed in him. And he leaves it at that. The second time around, he's, you know, he, he's, uh, he's, he's yelled at. He's disparaged. He's told someone else is going with him, and this man is in the back of the car putting a silencer on a pistol, telling him, telling Jin, you're going to drive eight kilometers to the to the beach, most notably probably to dump the body.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, we can see the look on Jin's face in that, okay, I screwed up. I look at this in one of two ways. I I see this as one of two things happening. One for sure, the second one is kind of questionable, and that's what I'm interested in your opinion. Obviously, we see Jin kind of become the man that he is forced into becoming because he doesn't want to become that man. And you see him go into the house first, put a beating on this man, unfortunately, but fortunately enough for this man, it saves his life. It prevents Mm -hmm. this guy from going in there and killing him in front of his family. Instead, he just gets a severe beating in front of his family. And, you know, Jin says to him, he got the message and walks out. Obviously, that's the one moment where we do get to see Jin become the man that he was forced into becoming. My question to you is, do we think this guy in the back of the car was intended to be there to kill him? Or was this done by son's father to force him to become that man?
1: No, no, he you was going he was to kill him. going to kill him. Yeah. I think that, uh, Mr. Pike, Pike, I think it's yeah,
0: I, I um, think it's anyways, I say
1: I always read it as PAKE. I think son's father <laughs> uh <laughs> has no time for incompetence and he was just ready to just demote him to you know getaway driver and just you know be done with him. He probably would have fired him or killed him if he wasn't his son in law. Just because he probably viewed it as an act of incompetence.
0: But I but on the other hand though, I think I think there was a legitimate connection to to Jin with him because he was Sun's boyfriend slash husband at the time. I mean, you look at a previous scene where he, you know, Jin was hanging his head in shame for, you know, something happening in a factory and he gets promoted instead. So I, I think Mr. Pink actually did have a soft spot for gin. So that's what makes, that's why there's a part of me that thinks this was done as a lesson to make him become the man that he wanted him to be that hardened person who is going to deliver the message the way it should be. Because if it was, if he was meant, if this guy was truly there to kill this secretary, I think he would have done it anyway, whether he was beaten or not. That's just my opinion, and that's the way I viewed it. I, but I could be – again, I, this is something that's left to interpretation.
1: Mm-hmm. It's lost in translation. It's lost
0: in translation. <laughs> um, so that was my number two – that was my number three was the the whole delivering of the message and the possible underlying meaning behind that. Okay. So, uh, Your number two.
1: My number two was, um, was actually Locke. Locke got emotional for the very first time since this oh, series God. started. And I love Locke that speech. started yelling at people uh, right and left. Um, and what's interesting is that he did it because he wanted to focus people on what the real problem was. Not because the raft was burned by the others. Because he knew who burned that raft. And it wasn't the others. So, you know, what's interesting is that. He I think he's just so tired of the infighting and the fact that nobody's coming together and the fact that, you know, people are trying to, like, get off of this island and he doesn't want to get off the island. He doesn't want to get rescued. He he wants to stay there. There's so many mysteries of the island. And one of them is the fact that they're not alone. They've killed someone. They've taken Claire. They've drugged her. Um, you know, they almost killed Charlie. They killed Steve or Scott. Um, <laughs> Steve
0: or <laughs> Scott.
1: All right. <laughs> um, you know, and nobody seems to be paying attention to this. And if I was Locke, I would finally lose my shit too. I'd be like, "Okay, you know what? I've had enough of this. You guys can all just shut up for go a to second. hell." Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought I thought that that was just so great to see Locke step forward and take a stand on something because he's been so kind of laid back and accepting and kind of cryptic and, you know, he gets the food and he has all the knives and, you know, he's just been like this big question mark for a while. And if you don't know John Locke very well, um, You know, if 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 you're watching the series for the first time, you're looking at this guy and you're like, "Okay, all right, Mr. Locke, he's angry. I think we should. I think we should pay attention to this." Um, So, yeah, it was probably like you. It was one of my favorite moments of of the episode.
0: Well I mean and th- believe it or not, this is actually my number two as well is is oh, cool. Locke's lock speech and Locke kind of being the voice of reason in in, in, a, in a totally other situation too, which I'll get to in a moment. but mm-hmm. I mentioned it earlier on when we got the if we don't you know live together, we're gonna die alone is a huge quote that many people remember from the show. And this was another one that I had mentioned at that time is a big memorable quote. And it's Locke, you know, screaming at everyone on the beach. We're not the only people on this island and we all know it. Yeah. I had completely forgotten that was in this episode. So when Locke started speaking, when I was rewatching this episode, I kind of got a little excited because it's a speech <laughs> yeah. that I love. And I was like, Oh, <gasps> this is that speech i'm like i forgot it was coming up when it did i knew it was towards (laughs) the end of the season but i i just completely forgot about it until now and i almost said it with him i was you know i was watching the episode and when he started saying i'm like we're not the only people on this island and we all know it and i think like my arms were in the air because i was mimicking Locke when i was watching it so <laughs> yeah, th- I know. Imagine, yeah, picture that, if you will.
1: I am picturing because I've seen your <laughs> new living room setup. So. That's true. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, it's it's one of those speeches that I I absolutely love of Locke because Locke we've we've heard this talked about uh, in regards to another show uh, that show being The Walking Dead and the term moral compass and that in many ways, believe it or not, I think is something that Locke is becoming. If, if, if not, hasn't been already, you look at the fact yeah, that Yeah, I think he,
1: that that's been established. I agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the fact that he is, um, he's, he's somebody who helped Charlie kick his habit, uh, cook, cook his cocaine, um, <laughs> kick his cocaine habit, you know, and in many ways, he's somebody who kind of, well, we thought helped Boone get over uh, you know, Shannon, and we find out there's still a little bit of residual to that in this episode.
1: Fucking Boone. Uh,
0: um, <laughs> I know. But you also look at, in regards to the to another scene, um, we see the man that Saeed is, the man that Boone is, and again, in retrospect, the man that Locke is, because we see that the respect that Said has, In coming to Boone about Shannon, we see the lack of respect that Boone has for Shannon, you know, in telling Saeed, you're better off not doing it. Mm -hmm. And then we see Locke being, again, the voice of reason, telling Shannon, what's it matter who thinks? You know, if you like this man, then go with it. Like, it doesn't matter what Boone
1: thinks. Right. And then then you have Jack, and Jack's the worst. Jack's the worst.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, and Locke even says it to Shannon, and it's been said before, and it sure will be said again, this is a new opportunity for all of us. It doesn't matter who you were before you were on this island. So that's why he says to Shannon, like, who cares what Boone thinks? Who cares who you were? Who cares what he thinks about who you were before? You're not that person anymore. This is a new start for all of us. And we see the official, the official start of Saeed and Shannon by the end of the episode. So, um, but yeah, uh, Locke is just one of my favorite parts of this episode as well. But Jin, obviously the, the, the main character of this, uh, let's go into our number ones. And- well, so
1: my number one was actually, um, Locke and Shannon and Boone. and. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'm like listening to you. I'm like, all right. Well, well that's, that's what okay. I was doing when you were
0: talking about Locke's beach on the beach. I-
1: i know you're like ah darn it i should have spoken first no that's Um, what you're
0: doing no
1: that's okay (laughs) um i don't care i have i have lots that i could talk about with this episode but um yeah i mean just to touch on oh man just to touch on um just on that just everyone gets a new life on this island and maybe you should start yours and i think that that's Kind of, you know, one of the running themes of the whole series, you know, is how everybody starts their new life. What is that new life going to be? I mean, we've seen Michael and Walt. They have solidified as a father-son uh, di- um, dynamic on on the island. You know, it, it wasn't until Michael and Walt went through saving Walt when he was caught up in the bamboo. And I think it was a polar bear that was after him. Was it the polar bear or was it a boar?
0: under uh, after
1: uh when when walt was stuck in that, was the bam- that was a polar bear that was polar. yep and then you know michael saves his life you know and and works together with with Locke to get him out of there um you know that and then they were able to relax a little bit after that and share you know walt was able to open himself up to Michael and Michael was able to kind of relax and let himself allow himself to get to know, um, Walt, right. And so you see a lot of that back with the two of them as, you know, the raft is going to get rebuilt and learning about, you know, Michael talking about the flat iron building with, with Walt, um, you know, and, and and they're having those father-son conversations, which is really great. You know, Shannon goes through uh, her own arc. And, you know, Saeed, Saeed also went through a little bit of an arc, too. I mean, Saeed decided to believe Boone over Shannon, um, yeah. which was kind of shitty. Um, you know, he's gotten to know Shannon really well, and he doesn't know Boone at all. You know, and Boone has kind of been a pretty boy this entire time. I mean, the guy has no skills. He I, and, and he's mad at Shannon for having no skills. But I mean, when you really look at it, what can Boone do? He falls asleep on watch. He compl- he, you know, that <laughs> he's the that reason right-
0: why Scott Slash Steve got murdered.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he might well, be the reason we don't know for sure.
1: Whatever. He's yeah. the reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> Boone is the but- worst. But no, Jack is the worst. But Boone can be second place. Um, But, you know, I mean, he sees that Shannon is is getting to be happy and getting to find her place on the island. And rather than be happy for her, he tries to ruin it for her. And that's not loving someone else. That's not I mean, you don't tear someone down when they're succeeding you build them up you you help them along and you, that the toxicity between the two of them is very apparent uh in this in this little triangle dynamic the um uh th- this episode and saeed falls into it and i'm so glad that L- talked uh spoke with with shannon and said you know listen everyone gets a new life on this island Okay, you go start yours. Go do what you want to do. And and she does it. And Saeed finally looks at her and and they're able to just kind of like solidify themselves and start their little life. You know, Boone who Boone's going to, you know, go down a hatch. I don't know. But
0: um, (laughs) no, he never makes it down the hatch. (laughs)
1: um, So spoiler. Um. You know, Jin and Sun, they start their new lives, you know, without each other on the island. That's a huge moment for the two of them, right, yeah. um, is is making that decision. I mean, you could feel the pain in both of them, but you could also feel the relief in both of them at the end. It was like this painful moment that ended in relief, like a freedom uh, yeah. it, it's, it's the, the, breaking down of these, these toxic barriers that all of these characters brought with them on the Island and all of them are one by one shedding it, right? That's amazing. It's amazing to watch. And, and it's such a good, um, such a good message for anybody that thinks that this is their life and this is how their life will always be. No, your life can change. It can change on a dime and you can You can decide if you're going to let, how you're going to let the circumstances of your life affect you moving forward. And I love that message. And I think that if you see that message and you see that hope, uh, you know, in a show like this and you can internalize it and use it for good, that's wonderful. You know, especially now this world needs some hope, man. So watch Lost and get some hope.
0: (laughs) Well, it's also interesting, too, when you look at that Boone and Shannon dynamic, in that the earlier episodes leading up to this, at least in my personal view, I was always more on Team Boone and because Shannon just annoyed the piss out of me. But this is that first episode that I think that dynamic truly changed in that I I am. I'm siding with Shannon. I'm very glad that her and Saeed are giving this thing a shot. And I'm kind of totally against Boone because Boone was a dick for talking Saeed out of it. Um, so yeah, and it I've, was
1: just and it was just to hurt Shannon.
0: Yeah, it wasn't that was even it sole was, purpose. It wasn't even to be against Saeed. You're right. It was to mm-hmm. hurt Shannon. Um, it was vindictive against her or towards her. So mm-hmm. he was a dick, and that's you know. I think this is that first episode where that what who I sided with kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Actually, it didn't kind of change. It changed. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas there's something that happens to Boone. Uh, Before the end of this season, and I was more sad about Shannon's reaction to it than the actual event.
1: Yeah, Okay. I I definitely see what you're saying. Um, Yeah, I think Maggie Grace also, you know she could have been typecast as a character that was kind of, you know, ditzy or whatever. And my opinion of her really, really changed watching her on last season of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, And I saw how talented she really was. So watching her again on Lost right now after seeing her in Fear the Walking Dead this past season, I'm really, I'm enjoying her a lot more than I have in past rewatches. Well, she—I
0: mean, if you think about it, she was typecast for a little while. Um, oh yeah,
1: Taken. Th- yeah,
0: the whole, the Taken movies being the one that was kind con- like, come on, you're gonna get kidnapped three times, like that's ridiculous.
1: She didn't get kidnapped three times.
0: Well, she wasn't kidnapped th- in the third one. I think it was her mom that was kidnapped in the third one.
1: I can't I don't remember. she was kidnapped in the second one. Maybe
0: she wasn't. I don't remember. I I, I stopped after the first one. Okay, I just don't remember the second one more more like it.
1: I see um, that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, you look at you know some of the other characters that she's played. She was in Californication, and she was kind of like the same role in that too. And it's I think even before that, she just did a bunch of one offs. And you're right, I, I I really do like her character of Al in In Fear the Walking Dead. It's a definite change. Um, from her. So it's nice to see her break away from that.
1: even her voice is different. Everything's different. I, yeah. So anyways, I, it, it's fun to watch her now and see how far she's come with, you know, where she is uh, in fear of the walking dead versus where she was in lost. But um, yeah, I just, um, I I love that line. I of everyone gets a new life on this Island. Maybe you should start yours. Cause I just think it's something that's so applicable to us. Um, you know, just kind of going forward in our own everyday mundane lives. It's what, you know, living your best life yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that. So that's my number one. What's Got your it. number one?
0: My number one has absolutely nothing to do with Jin, Sawyer, Jack, um, lock, any of those guys. Uh, the title I've put on my number one is dead batteries. And this, um, <laughs> I, I mentioned this the last time we saw this in Hurley, listening to the Disc Man, in which I would love to talk to that man and find out how he was able to walk around the island and not have that CD skip. Because let's face it, if you ever owned a Disc Man, if you took two steps, you got a skip in your CD. Um, but you know, that's why
1: he sat down,
0: but he was still walking with it for a while.
1: Hey, man. The island is mysterious and maybe disc men work better like, you know, a paralyzed guy that can now walk. Hey. Why are we why are we splitting hairs here? (laughs) You
0: you had me at the island is mysterious. That's all you need (laughs) That's all you needed to say. And I was on board again. Okay, Um, perfect. I think again, me possibly taking a deeper meaning into this than really should be. It's it's a moment that You know, we see him, it's a great, don't get me wrong, from the writers and producers perspective, it's a brilliant way to incorporate a song into the ending of a show. Because, you know, they've been
1: doing it for a while.
0: Yeah. And it's it's a way for them to cleverly incorporate a song for like a montage of everything that's going on on the island. And it's basically the music that Hurley's hearing. And then all of a sudden, you get that moment where the music stops and you see Hurley look down and realize the batteries are dead. Damn it. Um, Son of a bitch. It's, it's a moment that made me chuckle. But seeing it this time around made me realize something. That was lighthearted music, you know, saying, like, everything's going to be okay and everything. And, it, you know, it really speaks to what's going on in that moment. Again, everything's moving forward. And then the batteries die and the music stops. And you look at the future of this season mm-hmm. because there's nothing easy coming for these guys for the rest of this season, starting with this next episode. You've yeah. got You've got the numbers, which it becomes great
1: episode. Which, Can't wait to talk about it and
0: becomes a huge overarching story for the rest of this series. Yes. Following that, you have the plane full of the, the plane. I'll just keep it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode after that, you have the death of one of our characters for the first time. Yep. One of the main characters dying. And then from that point on, it's full steam ahead from the boat to the hatch to the dynamite, everything. This is the last moment that things are peachy keen for the rest of this season.
1: Oh, that is so cool. I did not put that together. And I think that's awesome.
0: I think that's tied together. And with the batteries dying and the music stopping, that's a key moment because from this point on, it's there's nothing nice happening. Would you
1: say that it's the day the music died? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a good
0: way to put it. But again, it might be me over reading into this, but it might not be because there's no way uh, you think that's something deeper that they did.
1: I think you're totally on point. That is that's so awesome. What a great number one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was that was my number one cuz I it was so funny when I realized, realized that too cuz I'm watching that scene and the music stops and I chuckled like I did last time and then it clicked. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I know what's happening for the rest of this season." And yeah, there's no reason to have that happy go lucky music again for the rest of the season. Because there are we're going to see death, we're going to see destruction, um We're going to see relationships become more complicated, and yeah, it's just full steam ahead from this point forward after this episode. Really, really so.
1: I love that. That's so cool. (laughs) Every
0: once in a while, I get one. Um,
1: Hey, today's your day. That's awesome. That's true.
0: So uh, one of the things I do want to say, and it's in regards to, you know, Jin being your favorite character. Yeah. I'm starting to realize more and more why that is. And it's because of this episode that I'm starting to realize that out of all these characters, while Jin was never really my favorite, I always leaned more towards Locke, uh, Charlie, Hurley, and Ben later on in the series. Not because we share a name, uh, just because he's an amazing character that we learn more about later. Um, I really, It really took me going in depth into this episode and really paying attention to it to realize that out of every character we've met and every character we're going to meet, in my personal opinion, Jin is the most complicated, but yet most dynamic of all of them. I agree. He, I mean, you look at, you look at the dynamics in the beginning of this episode, just from what we see in the backstory to what's going currently on the island, you Mm -hmm. see this man who is desperately in love with his wife, he is, he is pleading to her father, you know, to have her hand and, you know, says like, her father says, you know, why are you willing to give up your, why, why would I be willing to give someone who's willing to give up their dreams and his is a perfect reaction and it's, because she is my dream. He's not giving up on his dream. She is. And it's a completely different person than what you're seeing currently on the island in that he's covering her up so that she can't be seen. And, you know, he's trying to silence her. And it, just the dynamics in the beginning of this episode alone are just minimal to what we learn and what we end up knowing about Jim. And he is easily one of the most complicated and dynamic characters this show has seen.
1: I will agree one hundred percent with that, but yeah, I mean that's what I talked about the very first episode that we did, uh, right out right out of the gate with Lost. I mean, you know, Jin is um, Jin is all of those things. He and and seeing kind of in this episode the the devolvement of of this man into what he has become on the island, especially after we learn at the end of the episode that he was going to LA to walk away and save his marriage. And he could not break away from the man that he was, even after the plane crash with his wife, completely separate from anything that their life was. He still can't stop the man that he has become. He's so far gone. And, um, and I do, I, I agree. I think this is the episode that kind of launches Jin's uh, change, right? Yeah. He's, uh, even in the next episode, um, he's starting to develop relationships and friendships. Even if they're just on the surface, even if there's still some uh, animosity uh, coming from other characters, he's, made, he's beginning to assimilate and make an effort. And in doing so, he's going to have the greatest arc Of all the characters. There is no one else. In this show. That has a better character arc. From beginning to end. Than Jin.
0: No I would agree with that. I think there are a couple characters. That might come close. But I still don't think that they're. As big as as Jin's arc.
1: Jin is a completely different man. At the end of this series. Completely different man. And it takes the entire series. series, For it to happen. Yeah,
0: and I think that's why I said like there are some people whose arcs come close, but none are as big as hins, because of the fact that it takes from start to finish um his arc to develop. Um, you know, I mentioned Ben, and I think Ben is another one of those characters who if you're never if you've never watched the show and you're watching with the first time with us he's a character you haven't met yet and you won't meet for a little while but he's another character that by the end of the series is a completely different person than i'm still with some tendencies uh lingering from the person that we were introduced to but he is a different character than the person that we meet when we first meet him so he still an- doesn't blink <laughs> <laughs> Look, Michael Ever blank. Michael Emerson is a fantastic actor. I don't care what his methods are, it works.
1: He never blinks. <laughs> the, the amount of 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 eye drops that had to go into playing that character. I would just love to know what the over under on that one is.
0: But I mean, oh well, god, I don't even want to picture it. But you know he he's a character and again we're jumping forward a little bit too but he's he's such a fantastic and dynamic actor that he was a character that was originally written for only 3 to 4 episodes and he gave such a performance and such and added such a dynamic to the episodes that he was in that they wrote him in for the rest of the series yeah um which i think is fantastic and i i can't wait till we finally meet him so i can talk more about his character in depth well um,
1: they did that with um with Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer as well on Parks and Recreation. Yeah, yeah, he was only supposed to be on for like two or three episodes, and he was a central figure of the entire series. I think he
0: was just supposed to be like two or three episodes as just the shoe shine boy, and
1: no, as as Ann Perkins's dumb boy. Oh, that's
0: right, that's right. He wasn't even the shoeshine boy. Yet. No, that's right. He wasn't. He didn't even have the job at the courthouse yet. Um, but yeah, so I, I there's definitely some characters whose arcs come close, but you're right, there are none uh, that come that that are bigger than Jin's throughout the the run of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, Another question I have for you is, we talked about this last episode a little bit, and I'll bring it up again. We mentioned that anytime there's a character whose backstory it focuses on, it's almost as if the island is providing them a test. What do we think Jin's test was for this? Do we think this was how Jin reacts to isolation? Um... You know, because again, you look at the future of what look at Jack and where he ends up by the end of the series and the the position that he takes. And then look at this and look at Jin having to deal with isolation. That's something that Jack was going to have to deal with. So was this the island testing Jin to see if he could handle that to be put in that situation by the end if it came down to him?
1: What if? It's a test that he failed, and it was the test of his marriage. And it was can Jin handle the fact that Sung can English? Can Jin handle the fact that he is going to be the only one that is separated by language uh, on the island? And he fails. He leaves his he leaves his wife when he was supposed to fight for their marriage. That was the whole point of the trip from Sydney to L.A. was to save his marriage. That's what his dad told him to do. And instead of saving his message, he took the prideful way out and he gathered his stuff and he walked away from his wife when he should have stayed and fought for his marriage in that moment.
0: Um, I I could see that being the test, but you know what? This might make me sound like a horrible person, but it does. I I know. I haven't even said it yet. I'm already a horrible person. (laughs) Um, I kind of side with Jin in that situation. Um, because, you know, I, I realize there's that whole moment where Sun is pleading to Jin and Sun says to Jin, like, what did I do wrong? And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, you've been lying to him this whole time.
1: She like, was scared what of him. Wrong. She and, was scared of him. And
0: I understand that, but. You know, she she flat out says to everybody, there's one thing I know Jin not to be and he's not a liar. So then why are you going to in return do that to him and be mad that he's mad and be upset that he's mad at you about that? Like you, you just admitted he was never a liar. So while he might have been abusive and she was scared of him, the one thing he never was is the one thing she turned out to be. So I kind of side with him a little bit on this. I'm not saying I side with him fully. I do think he should have stayed to work things out. But I kind of understand it. It's not like he's moving miles away. He's literally just moving to the beach.
1: But she, he left her and said it was too late. He said it was too late. And he left. I mean, he left her. He I Look, I, I get what you're saying. But... She, she didn't tell him that she spoke English because she was frightened. She was frightened of him. And that there's something to that. You know, I mean, this is a man that she has seen come home with blood all over his hands and his clothes regularly. She knows that her father is a dangerous man. And her and, and Jen has somehow gotten himself all wrapped up in her father's business. And she's scared of her father. And she's now scared of her husband. She's probably somebody that has been Uh, Oppressed for her entire life. Well, we don't.
0: We know though at this point yet that she knows about her father. At this point in the series, we don't know that she knows this yet, because that was one of the things when she said,
1: "What are you doing for my father?" She knew that it had nothing. She says it in this in this episode.
0: She says it, but she's legitimately questioning it. Like she's she wants to know what he's doing when you come home with blood on your hands.
1: Totally different. Because, I took that as how did you get wrapped up in his business?
0: No, because he even says to his father, when he goes to visit his father, he says to his father, I don't want her to hate me for telling her about the man that her father is. So that, to me, made me believe she doesn't know.
1: Or she does. And she's look, she's very good at hiding things. We've learned this,
0: which goes she's back probably to my point,
1: to, <laughs> but she's probably had to stay quiet her entire life. Maybe. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if 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 you're that scared of somebody and you have a huge secret, like I can communicate with everybody, uh, I would keep it to myself too, probably. I mean, look, she she took too long. I'll I'll give you that. I, she should have had. She should have told him, you know, listen, I know English, but how how do you say that? Uh, I need to learn English because I wanted to get away from you, and I was planning to leave you on this trip, but I didn't right? Everything that she said at the end of this episode was everything that she was planning to do. And so learning English was a huge secret. And that was her secret to get away from her husband. I mean, that's that's a big secret to carry that that goes with that language barrier. Oh, no, I, I don't understand know. That. I, there, I mean, like he's the whole the whole. The, the complexities of that marriage. are Just <laughs> very intricate, very nuanced, and done, executed very well.
0: And, and it. I think it speaks to the brilliance of this show, as I've mentioned multiple times, in that there's mm-hmm. so many different things that can are left to interpretation. There's mm-hmm. no one way to look at everything. Uh, You know, you could look at things many different ways. And it makes me curious, too, you know, when you look at this episode and knowing that Jim was willing to stay in L.A. to work on his marriage, but she was willing to leave and stay in America, you know, go to America with him, but stay in America. Would that have worked out? Because they both had these they both technically had the same plan, but neither one of them knew it. Like he was going to stay in America and ask her to stay. But what would have happened if she would have if if she wanted to go home? If let's no, say she didn't,
1: she wasn't supposed to go to L.A. She was supposed to get in the car at the airport and she didn't go in the car at the airport when they were in Sydney. Oh,
0: that's right. That's right. She, she stayed with him and went to him with went with him to L.A.
1: Correct. So then
0: well, then wait a minute. If that was the that was the original plan was she was supposed to go with him to L.A.
1: No, she the, wasn't.
0: Yeah, she she would have had to because otherwise, why would he have stayed in L.A. to work on his marriage if she was never supposed to be there with
1: him? Oh no, she was yeah, they were That's always I mean. going together. That's oh, what I mean. Okay. The original plan right. was for her to yeah, go yeah, with yeah. him to LA. Okay.
0: Yeah. Correct. Because otherwise it wouldn't have made much sense and it would have been a huge plot that we would have yeah. just discovered.
1: <laughs> that somehow wasn't discovered in all the years <laughs> since it's been on.
0: And over analyzing of right. the show. Exactly. So um yeah, so we've gotten through our top three and then some, which I'm happy about because I like when we keep talking about everything with the episode. And again, there was a lot to process in this episode. And another reason why I'm really glad we decided to go to one episode per episode uh, of the podcast because we're still just on one episode. If we yeah. had to talk about numbers in this episode too, we'd we'll be going for another hour and a half. Like a,
1: yeah, and that was, <clears throat> that's just too long. Yeah. Um, I did, I did, I have like one note that I do want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I have, before I have one or on. two. But go ahead. Um, was that Hurley, the nicest guy on the island, the guy that likes everybody and everybody else likes, walked away from Jin and was just like, <laughs> you know what, nah, yep, okay, uh, you hit your rocks, dude, I try whatever. Yep, <laughs> that I think is like kind of the bottom for Jin. If like you can't even find an ally in in uh, Hur- Hurley, <laughs> dude, you gotta change some things. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, you know, mentioning Hurley too, um, we got another crossover. In this episode. In yes, we um, did. We got to see Hurley on TV. With, a little
1: <laughs> bit. If you if you know what's happening, yes, a little bit.
0: Yep. Yeah, because I don't think I ever caught that the first time. Uh, I might have. I don't remember. It's been so long, my first time viewing these episodes, that I don't remember if I saw that the first time or not. I definitely know I've seen it ever since then. Uh, yeah. But, but if you look at the TV, when the little girl... Uh, when Jin goes to the secretary the first time to deliver the message.
1: And gets the dog.
0: Uh, and gets the dog. The little girl on TV is watching a news uh, program in which we get to see Hurley. And we will find out uh, in a season Why or Hurley two, was
1: on television. Yep,
0: I think it's everybody loves Hurley. Or everybody no. loves Hugo. No. We find out before It's that? numbers. It's, oh, it is numbers. Oh, yeah. We'll find out next episode why.
1: Yeah, because I because I've seen that episode, and that's when I said, "No, we're doing one at a time now." <laughs> all
0: right, all right. Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up is one of the things we really haven't talked about out of everything from breaking this down is the whole Michael and Walt dynamic and the boat. Um, you know, one of the big things that happens this this episode is you know seeing the boat going up in flames, and very obviously. You know, in um, implicating Jin in in it being in him being the one that does it, and the first time watching this, I think I honestly believed it. I think I believed that it was Jin for at least when he was first accused, and then I think as the episode progressed, I was like, nah, it's a little too obvious, uh, and I didn't know who it was, but I can tell you right now, I never called it being Walt.
1: No, Walt was the last person on my list. Maybe, maybe even further down than Michael. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Michael burning his own boat
1: would be more believable than Walt doing it. Yeah. I was shocked too. That was, uh, that was a good, that was a good reveal.
0: Yeah. That uh, that was a big reveal for the end of the episode, was it having, uh, having been Walt that burned the boat.
1: And there's more than one person that doesn't want to leave the island.
0: Oh, being Locke.
1: That's what I'm saying. Oh, but okay. I mean, Locke is the only one that really has accepted being there and enjoys being there. I, I think at uh, up until this point, we we just assume everybody's just like, how do we leave? How we need to go?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: but, then, and then we learn, you know, later that, you know, there's people that actually want to stay. Rose it, is Rose being one of them.
0: Yeah. And we really haven't gone into Rose yet. Um, we will soon. Oh, I know we will.
1: Soon, soon, soon. <laughs> um, and
0: it's so funny too, because the last thing I will say before we go into, um, the, before we continue on is how, how I like to give little titles to my notes. Uh, my title for the whole boat burning and Walt and everything is, uh, when your travel plans go up in flames. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, I was going to jump into listener feedback, but because of the change in format, um, we really, it was a little complicated because Steve, brown who who gives us a a voicemail every week he did leave us one but it's voicemail on both in translation and numbers so so we'll play it next week we can't yeah we can't play it this week so i apologize to steve uh for not being able to play it this week uh we're gonna play it next week so steve you don't have to leave us another one we we got your your feedback for both uh but if you want to leave us feedback for next week for uh for numbers uh we definitely encourage you to do that uh but before or if
1: you want to leave feedback about manifest yes because you have something that, to say about manifest
0: well that's actually what i was going to jump into
1: manifest,
0: uh, <laughs> we need a theme song that's gonna that's gonna be it i'm just gonna isolate that and we'll just play that cool it, or we'll just have you do it live every time <laughs> uh but we have two episodes to catch up on real quick and we won't spend a lot of time on this but episodes two and three of manifest which kind of tie in together so it kind of works out a little bit better that that's going to happen uh that we're going to talk about them together but yeah um Again, if you're not watching Manifest or you, you're you not caught up, uh, I'd say skip ahead about another five, ten minutes into the podcast and we'll probably hopefully be done with the conversation. But what are your thoughts so far on the show? I mean, it's it's, it's getting really interesting.
1: Yeah, I – you know, I got to tell you, I, I'm starting to like develop thoughts and theories, you know. Um, I did notice in the second episode it was something that I I – took note in my head to talk about later was you really got a sense of of them being back after a long time like i mean the whole first episode is you know these people got, get off of a plane and they're told that it's been five and a half years and you're you're with the plane people you're like this sounds really confusing like uh, you know you're you're kind of going along with them but then uh episode two re-entry what was interesting to me was that it felt you felt like it had been five and a half years, just the way that they were trying to find a job and find their place, and um, I, I just had this feeling of of time that had elapsed in uh, in reentry, and then turbulence. Um, you know, turbulence had so much to it. I, I, I just <laughs> watched it last night, and I, I have this really out there theory about it. Um, but did you have any thoughts about re-entry?
0: Well, I, the only other thing I can say about re-entry, too, is is you're right. When, you, when it comes to the pilot, it's the pilot was more plot-driven, is it was setting up the situation and the scenario that these people are going to have to deal with the rest, uh, for the rest of the season. And then in, in, into the second episode. The second episode is when it really starts to dive into character development. And mm-hmm. we're getting more and more backstory of uh, all these characters. And surprisingly, um, already the death of, of one of the characters in the second yeah. episode.
1: Um, it was gruesome, too. It, yeah, it was
0: a gruesome death. And it was one of those moments. It was the final moment, literally the final moment of the episode where where I was like, uh, did that just happen? Like, mm-hmm. seriously. But yeah, and then it, it jumps right into episode three and continuing on with the consequences and, um, you know, the aftermath of of that death and what it means. And it's, you're right, things are already starting to dive pretty deep into it. And by the end of even this third episode, I, like, I already want the fourth one. Like, I want I want to watch it again.
1: Yeah, it was. Gosh, it's so good. And so, OK, so they uh, they got rid of Kelly Taylor's body at the end of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is that in the first episode, they blew up the plane and there was that thought of who is it that blew up the plane. But now the NSA has in, inter- interjected thems- themselves into anything having to do with flight 828 and um, and the body is now being disposed of, or I think they even burned it maybe. But what's interesting to You just just see it
0: go into a back room. We don't see what happens to the body.
1: Okay. So what's interesting though, is that it's kind of confirmation that the government wants to erase anything that's happening, having to do with 828, right? So I I took that as confirmation of the NSA, the government, they are the ones that blew up the plane and the pilot because there was- I I don't know if I I buy it yet. Well, I do. I know you do. (laughs) <laughs> but um so here's my here's my theory is that th- we now have this running theme of oh own, own your truth own my truth right people mm-hmm. are saying it a lot um especially in turbulence and um what if these people that are coming back they are kind of wrong uh writing their past wrongs right uh you found out that um you find out that Kelly Taylor, the reason why she was going over to that strip mall wasn't to get her hair done. It was because she wanted to fix uh, what her husband was doing to these people. Uh, you know, he was a slum lord, He was this uh, he was a bad dude. He was shady and he was probably abusive to these immigrants. And so um, she was trying to fix it. She was trying to right that wrong. And she gets killed by the maid who um, was who was in love with the husband, I guess. But she was trying to fix it is, is my whole point. And then you see uh, Michaela and Michaela's just trying to to get to her truth. And, and and something that's that's plaguing her is the death of her friend. That was her fault. And we learn a lot more about what happened, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting that she was calling an Uber in 2013. But we'll just let that slide. Oh, oh I
0: didn't even put that together. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> But you know, um, I I think Uber was around at that point, but I don't think it just we was. We weren't as
1: using Uber yeah. like that. No, <laughs> no, we were like Uber sounds kind of creepy because that's that was my first thought was I don't know about that. Um, getting into someone's car willingly that just sounded wrong. <laughs> but um, but anyways, she got to kind of fix the ache in her in her life, and that was the fact that uh, that she got to kind of smooth out the ruffles with her friend Evie's parents. Right. And she kind of got a break with that with Evie's mom being, uh, an Alzheimer's patient, but she saved her life. She brought her home. She got in the car. She was able to drive again. There's another thing that, that, that she needed to, to fix in her life. She hadn't driven yet since the accident. Um, and she was able to do it and save a life and, and then, you know, kind of work it out with Evie's parents, which probably took a big load off of her chest. Right. Um, so, so I think that this is the start of something about what is your truth? What are you, what do you have to own? Um, wh- what do you have to own up to? What do you have to fix? Uh, maybe this is a way to like make the world better. I'm not really sure. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Um, you know, the the new marker in their brain. That's an interesting thought that, yeah, that I'm, I'm very curious
0: to see where that's going to go.
1: I got to look up what kind of a stroke that is too, or a seizure was a stroke or a seizure a stroke. Okay, Yeah. I'll be I, I want to look that up. <clears throat> oh, you? Um. Yeah. So anyway, there's there, there's a lot to dive into with that show. And it's, yeah. I'm digging it. Man. And
0: did you notice the pattern with the numbers again? in 828 828 828 did you see it flash i did it shows up on good the in, on the clock yep right and as they're chasing the woman who reveals what um
1: i was hoping that you'd catch that i
0: did of course okay, i did
1: good. yeah because i go that was 828 my yes. mind
0: automatically goes into lost mode when i'm watching this show Like, I'm paying attention to everything.
1: Yeah, I think that's the point. I think that they have to. You have to do it.
0: Uh, And I can confirm Uber was founded in 2009, and it was mainly prevalent in New York City for, like, its first five years. So it it holds up that they were – she was going to call an Uber.
1: Was – is it – wait, is it based in – is the show based in New York?
0: Isn't that where they were flying into? Isn't that where they were flying home? I thought it was. Oh,
1: yeah, because she went to Brooklyn for – Okay. All right. Well, good. Now, now that seems believable. Cause I was just like, come on, why did you say Uber?
0: <laughs> no, it holds up. Uh, I will say too, uh, one of the things I just recently found out about this show that I'm really excited about, um, is uh, I'm a huge, huge back to the future fan, um, who, and those movies were directed by Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis developed the show I oh, had, cool. And I had no idea. So now I have an even bigger connection to this in that uh, I just, I'm a big Robert Zemeckis fan. And uh, now I'm watching that. Um, I'm even more enjoying it because I know he's behind it.
1: Oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad to hear that. Cause I, I do like Robert Zemeckis as well.
0: Yeah. Back to the future. So. I think, uh, who framed Roger rabbit, a bunch of great films, basically the eighties. Yeah, pretty much him. John Hughes and Spielberg. um,
1: all right, good so company.
0: That was the uh, the manifest minutes for this week, and we'll talk about next week's episode episode four when uh, next week when we start talking about Lost again. Uh, yeah, since, yeah. Since we're going to be coming to you every week, hopefully, I'll
1: take yeah, I'll take a <laughs> I'll take a couple notes for next week's manifest. I was going to take some notes last night, but I'm like, eh, I'm just going to watch. I just want to watch
0: it, you know. I yeah. don't want to dive too deep into it and kind of lose the the love for the show because we're we're overly. No, but I- breaking it
1: down right but i did have that theory at the end and i actually voice recorded it just in case like i lost (laughs) it or i forgot about it because i was like wait a minute what if all of this is happening because blah 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 so i got excited
0: i will say one thing real quick um next week's episode uh, unclaimed baggage has to do a lot with um um oh god i should no um (laughs) Yeah, hopefully the numbers are in every episode. No, um is a big Sanvi centric episode. Oh cool. And for that reason, I will be talking to the actress who plays Sanvi. Um uh, uh Parveen Kaur is is her name and I'm going to have her on uh on my other podcast the spotlight this week.
1: That so, is so exciting. And I
0: think we're going to share it. I think we're going to share that interview. I'm going to have it on the spotlight, but I think we're going to put it on the feed for Lost too so people can hear it if cool. if they're interested. Uh, and if they're watching manifest, they can listen to that interview as well. So this will be posted on Friday by the time you're seeing this. And then hopefully over the weekend, I'll post that to the feed as well.
1: Awesome. So I love it.
0: Um, yeah. So, anything else before we start telling people? Let's just tell people how they can get a hold of us if uh, I like it. If they want to. Uh, so, uh, again, apologies to Steve. We know we, you left us a voicemail, but because it was both shows, we're going to wait until next week and we'll play it next week. Uh, but if you want to get a hold of us, whether it's to leave us a comment, leave us feedback on any of the shows, uh, any of the episodes, there are multiple ways you can do that, and we definitely encourage you to do so. First up, we're on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Lost Revisited.
1: We're on Instagram at Lost Revisited. Pop-
0: you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com.
1: And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record yourself and you can send it to our email address, which we will play on air. Yes, we will. And of
0: course, uh, we're going to finish out season one, just Kristen and I. But once we start going into season two, now that we're weekly and such, uh, we definitely want to start bringing people on and being guests uh, as part of this. So if you're interested in being a guest, I know we've already gotten one or two emails from people. But if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, uh, send us an email or send us a comment or message on Facebook and let us know. Uh, just let us know a little bit about yourself. And of course, uh, let us know your favorite episode of Lost. Cause if we can swing it, that'll be the one we'll bring you on for.
1: I will say that Trisha Tanaka's Dead yeah. has been claimed.
0: <laughs> yes, it has. So <laughs> we heard that has been claimed, I think, like episode one yeah. of the podcast. Uh, and I'm excited for who claimed it too, cause yeah. I, I, I really want to have her on. Yeah. Me um, too. Last but not least, we definitely want to encourage you to check out all of the other podcasts on both the next level and Podcastica networks. Uh, Walking Dead is back in full swing. So of course, the Walking Dead cast is back in full swing as well. And you are back in full swing with House Podcastica, which I'm really excited yeah. about.
1: I am my Game of Thrones podcast finally back. And I,
0: one of these days I'll be a guest on it again since the one I did with you before kind of got lost in the ether but okay. That's
1: okay. That's yeah. Okay. That and then okay. Ben you also you have your spotlight with Ben Beck. That I do. You've been doing and uh you just um you just interviewed somebody from whose line didn't you I did
0: I had Brad Sherwood from whose line whose line is in anyway on the podcast uh third time he's been on with me and he's been great every time but this third time because this third time because we kind of have built this professional relationship from us having we've we've met each other a couple times in person he's been on the podcast a couple times so he came on this third time. We're already familiar with each other, which definitely made us more comfortable in our conversation. And for that reason, when usually when you set up these interviews, you set them up through representatives and they tell you, okay, you get 10, 15 minutes with this person and such. But this time, Brad called – and it's usually a rep that calls you and then connects you to the person. Uh, but this time around, because of that closeness, Brad called me personally and when I asked him, I was like, you know – I never figured out how much time I had with you. And he's like, dude, he's like, we got as much time as you want. And we talked for like 40 minutes. And that's great. And It was a great interview. And one of the things I love doing, and it's actually our friend Jill. Her husband <laughs> gave me the idea to do it, even though it was something I had already done. I was a huge Robin Williams fan. He was a personal hero of mine. So anytime I get to talk to anybody who's worked with Robin, I love doing that. And that actually came up in this conversation about brad having done improv with robin
1: that's awesome so
0: we got to talk a little bit about that and our, our love for like the old carol burnett shows and improv in general it was, it, he's been on three times but this is my absolute favorite so anybody who knows brad or who's a huge fan of uh whose line i encourage you to check it out because I, I i'm proud of this one
1: great that sounds wonderful yeah. and you also have a dc prime time
0: Yep, uh, which is the our weekly show in which we talk about all the DC shows Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Flash just came back this week, so we're going to be talking about that this week, and then next week all of the other shows come back, so we're back in full swing for that as well.
1: Are you going to cover Aquaman when
0: it re- when it releases? Yeah, we'll talk about Aquaman. Um, can
1: I can I can I come on it? Yeah,
0: I don't see why not. As long as it's just not audio of you drooling over Momoa, we're fine.
1: Well, it might be, so (laughs) get over it. It'll be fine. All right.
0: Yeah, you can come on for that. I think that'd be fun.
1: Yeah. talk about how good he looks wet.
0: Oh, God. I changed my mind already. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. The way you guys are pining over Momoa as Aquaman, I'm pining over Amber Heard as Mara, so we're good.
1: Yeah, whatever. Because she's
0: gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Hey, I've met and hung out with Momoa, so suck it. Oh, God. I know. i so jealous. <laughs> I made Momoa laugh. I'm proud of that. Oh, he's so pretty. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so definitely <laughs> check out all the other podcasts. There's a lot of great other content, both on Next Level and Podcastica. Uh, we encourage you, highly encourage you. Out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all those different ways. But um, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode yeah man so um yeah next week we'll be talking about episode 18 numbers so be sure to leave us your feedback uh for that by i'd say by thursday no no i don't know i'd say over the weekend if you can uh we're gonna have to that's one of the things we're gonna have to try and figure out as far as recording schedules is when people's feedback is going to be due Okay. so it might be kind of trip uh tricky for the rest of the season but we'll figure it out by the beginning of season two for sure sounds Um, good and if you want to leave us feedback for an episode ahead of time like a couple weeks ahead of time feel free for sure
1: if you want to talk about a past episode if you want to just say hello
0: yeah you want to talk
1: about manifest you want to talk about game of thrones you should probably go to my podcast yeah but that's open too
0: (laughs) yeah yeah uh but that's going to wrap it for this episode of we have to go back until next time we'll see you down the rabbit hole take care bye